Now, last, last year, I, I took Brother Dick's class, and in this class, Music Theory 2, some of you are taking it, he asked us to do, to write a kid's song. So I was thinking, hmm, a kid's song. Well, I guess I was a kid once. Maybe I'm a kid now still. What can I sing? So I started start singing, and this is what came up. I think you have the lyrics up there. I don't know if the keyboard is coming through. There it is. Goes like this. God loves you and me. We have nothing to fear. Oh, God loves you and me. We have nothing to fear. When it's dark outside and I'm home alone, no, I will not fear. When I see a snake and a big fat spider, no, I will not fear. We know why? Cause God loves you and me. We have nothing to fear again. And God loves you and me. We have nothing to fear. Listen to this. When I'm home alone and I hear the thunder, no. I will not fear when I go to the doctor to get a shot. No, I will not fear because God loves you and me. We have nothing to fear when God loves you and me. We have nothing to the last time you and God loves. You can do it louder than that. We the for the last time when God loves. We have nothing to fear. Now, if you think about it, this fear is more than the roads that I wrote for that song. Now, I'm aware that there is some healthy fears. For example, let's say somebody broke into a Spencer Hall and is armed, right? Well, fear will tell me, I'd rather not go chase a man because I don't want to leave my wife alone. She will appreciate that. So I'd rather call the police. Oh, good fear to have. The problem with fear is when it starts taking your mind and controlling you. That's a problem. Now, how about feeling like a failure? How many of you have felt like a failure? I have felt like a failure many times. I have worked so hard and done a lot of things, and yet I didn't get the results I wanted. I felt like I'm a failure. Now, if I'm honest here, I'm not trying to be negative, you probably will struggle with fear and feeling like a failure until the day Jesus takes you home. And I am one of them. Now, I want to make a very important point in here. Listen carefully. If you experience fear and feeling like a failure, it is not because you don't have enough faith in Jesus. I do not believe the teachings out there that say, if you experience or struggle with depression, anxiety, fear, feeling like a failure, it's because you're not a good enough Christian and you don't have good enough faith. I don't believe that. 
Faith is not like a magic pill that you take it and everything goes away. Becoming a Christian is not like a magic something, I don't know what else to put there, that when you take it, everything is wonderful and beautiful. And you know how I know that? Because the scriptures shows us so. All through our scriptures, we see people, men and women of God, who were faithful followers of him, who struggle with fear, with feeling like a failure. For example, we have the Apostle Paul. In 2 Corinthians 1.8, after his ministry in Asia, this is what he writes. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through, the, through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And then this is what he says. And we thought we will never live through it. Hmm. Such a mighty man as Paul, struggling with fear. How about Moses? Do you remember when Moses, with God called Moses? And he said, hey, I need you to leave what you're doing. And I need you to go confront Pharaoh. What did he say? Did he say, yes and amen? No, he didn't. He said, um, I think you have the wrong guy here. Now, how about the people, the ten people that Moses sent to the promised land to investigate? When they saw giants, what did they say? Oh, no problem. We can conquer them. God is with us. Unfortunately not. They were afraid. And you know what happened? Being afraid caused them to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Now, how about David? We all know the story of him killing Goliath, you know, a big giant, taller than Brother Dick, probably. Not that taller, but. <laughs> when he killed Goliath, what happened later? Saul, King Saul, tried to kill him. And you know what David did? He didn't say, Saul, I, I, I don't fear you. You know why? Because God is with me. I just killed a giant. You think I cannot take you? Actually, he ran for his life. Hiding. Fearful. You see, all throughout the scriptures, we see people, mighty men, mighty men of God and women who follow Christ and yet struggle with something. Now, it breaks my heart that somehow the church has become an unsafe place to say that we're not doing okay. You know? I was, I was reading uh, a blog, and, and this is what a, a woman wrote in that blog. She says this. I joined a Bible study group at church. The leader was an elder, well-respected, long-time member of the church. When the topic of depression came up, their response was, if you are truly a Christian, you should never be depressed. If, well, the Holy Spirit is talking. You have no need for antidepressants. You have Jesus. 
Now, we comment in attitudes like that, no wonder why people put internal masks at church and pretend that everything is good. People keep up secrets because they fear that they will be known as not good enough Christians. They don't have enough faith. One of those people that I see that I struggle with um, fear and feeling like a failure was Elijah. How many of you know Elijah? Not Elijah Lynn. Because somebody's like... <laughs> now, if you have your Bibles or your phones, go with me to 1 Kings 19. Again, it is 1 Kings 19. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of time so you find it. All right. Now, before we actually go to 1 Kings 19, I'm going to give you a little bit of context of where this story comes, okay? In the time of Elijah, there was a king by the name of Ahab. The Bible says that this king was evil. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. But the interesting thing is that the Bible mentions that he did more evil than the kings before him. He was so evil that he married a girl, a nice young lady, by the name of Jezebel. And between the two of them, they turned Israel away from God's heart into idolatry. Because they worship Baal. So, Elijah is sent by God to confront the, the king and say, King, you know, because of your evil deeds... The Lord is going to bring some famine, some dryness. There's not going to be rain until I said so. The Lord is speaking through Elijah. And then the Lord said to Elijah, go and hide for a moment because this is what is going to happen. Of course, if you were the king and you hear that, you will say, well, actually, what am I doing? I should turn back my heart to the king of kings. Actually, he didn't. He got accept, upset with Elijah, and he sent people to try to kill him everywhere. So after a period of time, about three years, um, the Lord speaks to Elijah again. And he says, Elijah, it is time for you to go back and present yourself to the king. I, I wonder how Elijah felt about that. So Elijah goes... And in the way to meet the king, he actually meets the assistant, Obadiah, who, by the way, was a servant of God. He actually saved, if you read the scriptures, he actually saved some of the prophets that Jezebel killed, because that was her hobby, killing Christians. And Elijah said to Obadiah, hey, listen, um, I need you to tell... Um, Ahab, that I'm here. And Obadiah was like, what? Why are you asking me that? Do you know that if I go to the king and I say you're here and then the spirit of the Lord takes you somewhere and the king doesn't find you, he's going to kill me. And Elijah said, no worries, I'll be here. You just do as I ask you to. Okay. Moving forward. 
finally, the king meets Elijah, and Elijah says to him, listen, we're going to find out once and for all who is the true God here. So what I want you to do is this. Gather all the people from Israel and the prophets of Baal, and we're going to decide once and for all who is the king. So the king did that. They went to the mountain, gathered the people, and Elijah said, okay, this is what we're going to do. You prophets of Baal, I'm going to have a bull, and I'm going to have a bull. We're going to cut it into pieces. You're going to put it in the altar. I'm going to put it in the altar, but we're not going to burn it. We're going to see if your God sends fire from heaven, and then the God who answers with fire will be the true God. So the people said, bet, I like it. Let's do it. Well, he didn't, they didn't say bet, but he said, hmm, sounds a good idea. So Elijah said, okay, then ladies first. I mean, prophets of Baal first. Go ahead. So they put the bull there in the altar, and the Bible says that from the morning until noon, they were like, you know, worshiping to their gods and like saying, God, please send fire, send fire. Imagine worshiping from the morning until noon. You know what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. So Elijah, you know, like, you got to love Elijah. He has a little bit of sarcastic humor here. Maybe that's where Christian learned from. Elijah says, hey, maybe you should shout a little bit louder because maybe, maybe your God is sleeping. Another translation says, maybe your God is releasing himself. Maybe, maybe he's just busy. Go ahead, shout louder. And the prophets start doing that. But they start cutting themselves. They were their tradition. They start worshiping and you know what happened until the evening. Nothing happened. So Elijah said, okay, I got it with you guys. Now, come over here. So the people gathered toward where he was. He prepared the, the altar put the bull, and he made a drench around. And he said, okay, just to make sure that you see that this is not my own doing, hey, you four handsome fellas, fill that with uh, pots of water. Are you going to dump it in the altar? Okay? No, no, that's not enough. Let's do it again. Put more water. Okay? Actually, that's not enough. Let's do it again. Three times. The Bible says that the altar was soaking wet. The drench and everything were just, you know, like New York State. <laughs> and then Elijah prayed. And he said, Lord, please hear me out so people can see that you are the true God. The moment he prayed, fire came down and consumed everything. And the people saw the power of God. Finally, the king, Elijah said to the king, the Lord is going to allow rain here. So go eat and we'll connect. That brings us to 1 Kings 19. You ready? All right. Verse 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. 
also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me more and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Okay, let's pause for a minute. What? Did you hear your husband, lady? The Lord just put fire. What do you mean? Why are you not converting? Why are you not seeing the power of God? You know, this shows me that no matter what the Lord does and how miraculous he moves, there are still people that won't believe. And it's frustrating. So if you have ever worked hard for the King of Kings, have shared the gospel, and yet you have people in your life that say, um, I'm good, thanks. I want to encourage you that that happened in Elijah's life after such a great miracle, yet she was still not believing in God. Interesting. But this is more interesting to me. Verse 3 says, And when he saw that, talking about Elijah, he arose in victory and said to the woman, What are you doing? God is with me. Do you know that our God is greater? Our God is stronger? God, you are higher than any other. Does the scripture say that? No. It says this. He arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servants there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down into a broom tree. And listen to this. And he prayed that he might die. And said, it is enough, Lord. Take my life. For I'm no better than my father's. Wait a minute. Weren't you the same God? The same guy that performed the miracle and that the Lord spoke and like show wonders. What do you mean you run for your life? Well, Elijah was fearful and he felt like he was a failure. And how do we know that? Is because of what he prayed. Now, how many of you have ever felt fearful? Or like a failure. Maybe you're not fearful of being killed by somebody. I hope. But maybe you're fearful of losing your job. Not paying for school. Not knowing what is next. You want to marry and you're fearful that you're going to be single for the rest of your life. Or feeling like after you work so hard, still you didn't get what you respected for. Well, if you're like me, I want to give you three things that hopefully helps you with that that comes from this um, scripture. Now, if you feel, if you're fearful or feel like a failure, this is what you need to do. You need to take care of your body, number one. You need to eat. You need to sleep. You need to be hydrated. 
You know the worst thing that Christians do? Is that when they fear, when they have fear, or when they feel anxious, they say, I'm not hungry. I'm sorry. But that's not the case. Your body needs the nutrients. So if you're going through a time that you have fear or feeling like a failure or anxiety, do yourself a favor and eat and hydrate and sleep. Verse 5. Then, as he lay and slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and what? Eat. That says the Lord, so I will eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked and coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And then the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So what did he do? He arose, ate, slept. Sometimes that's the best thing you can do when you are encounter, encountering fear. Eat. Take care of your body. Do exercise. It helps battling all these things called depression and anxiety. It truly does. Number two. So number one, take care of your body. Eat. Number two, spend time with the Lord. Even if you don't feel like it. Verse 8. Actually, let's go to verse 9. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here? So Elijah said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, tore down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord wasn't in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after a fire, a still, small vo- a still small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it, and he wrapped his face in his mantle, and went out and stood in the entrance to the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, tore down your altars, and killed your prophets. With the sword alone I am left. And they seek to take my life. Notice how he repeats it twice. Also notice how open he is with God. Notice that he doesn't hold back. He says, God, I just want to die. I'm a failure. You know that the good thing about God the Lord is that you can be honest with him. You know the other good thing about the Lord is that he's always with you in your highs or in your lows. Sometimes we don't see him or choose not to because the problem is speak so loud that we don't see him. So what I want you 
to um, do is you need to spend time with the Lord. When you go through the valley of shadow of death, even when you don't feel it, go and spend time with the Lord. Eat and take care of your body. Okay? Number two. And number three. The Lord said to him, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazel as king over Syria. Also you shall anoint um, Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king of Israel. And Elijah, the son of Shepha, of Abel Nuhula. You shall anoint as prophet in your place. In other words, the Lord was saying to him, go back to work. When you feel depressed or fear, you can stay in that place. You must go to work. You know why? Because if you don't do what the Lord has called you to do, you're going to spend a lot of time in introspect mode. And everything is about me and woe me. And I can't think about this. That's why you need to go back to work. Because regardless of how you feel, God has not changed the plan that he has for you or the mission. You can feel like a failure, but in the eyes of the Lord, you're not. You can feel disqualified, but God is not disqualifying you. You need to go back to work. So to summarize it, you need to take care of your body. You need to spend time with the Lord. And you must go back to the things that the Lord has asked you to do. Now, I said that I was going to give you three things. Actually, I lied. I'm going to give you four. But I'm not going to give it four. I didn't put it there because the fourth actually comes out of my own thoughts in watching a movie. So I'm going to show you a video clip. And I will talk to you about the fourth. Go ahead. Creepy little monkey. You stop following me? <laughs> who are you? The question is, who are you? <sighs> I thought I knew. Now I'm not so sure. Well, I know who you are. Shh, come here. It's a secret. Enough already. What is that supposed to mean, anyway? It means you're a baboon. And I'm not. <laughs> I think you're a little confused. Wrong. I'm not the one who's confused. You don't even know who you are. Oh, and I suppose you know. Sure do. You're Mufasa's boy. <gasps> Bye. Hey, wait! You knew my father? Correction, I know your father. I hate to tell you this, but he died a long time ago. Nope, wrong again. <laughs> He's alive, and I'll show him to you. You follow old Rafiki, he knows the way. Come on. Stop! 
That's not my father. It's just my reflection. No. Look hard. You see, he lives in you. How can I go back? I'm not who I used to be. Remember who you are. You are my son and the one true king. Remember who you are. No, please, don't leave me. Father. Looks like the winds are changing. Ah, uh, change is good. Yeah, but it's not easy. I know what I have to do, but going back means I'll have to face my past. I've been running from it for so long. Ow! Jeez, what was that for? It doesn't matter. It's in the past. <laughs> yeah, but it still hurts. Oh, yes, the past can hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or... Learn from it. Ah! You see? So what are you going to do? First, I'm gonna take your stick. No, 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 no! Not your stick! Hey! Where are you going? I'm going back! You can cut it there. Number four is remember who you are. The king lives inside of you. The God who created the universe. The one who defeated death is in you. So you must remember who you are. Would you stand with me? Let's pray. I, know where, I don't know where you guys are at right now. But I know this. God is with us. And he will not let us go. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing grace, the grace that we were just singing about, your unending love. You are so good to us. Of course, we should always give you all our worship, our devotion. God, I pray that you help my friends to remember that when they go through hardships of fear or anxiety, that they must take care of their bodies because it's important. They need to eat, they need to rest, they need to hydrate. Remind them that you are there with them so they can spend time with you, even if they don't feel it. And help them and push them sometimes to go back to what you have called them to do, to work, 
because you have not disqualified us. And sometimes we disqualify ourselves. So help us to go back to work. And finally, help us to remember who we are in you. You are within us. We are the sons and daughters of the true king. We have then a spirit of power. We thank you, Jesus. Bless this um, group. We trust in you and we bless the rest of the semester. Our hands, our bodies, our minds, our hearts belong to you. We thank you, God. In your precious name we pray. Amen.